Hello everyone, it's Vyas and I am back with another episode of the Bright Colors of Inspiration. I want to thank you all for taking time out of your day to listen to my podcast. Your support really means a lot to me. In this episode, I will discuss the challenges I had with adapting to different social situations and how I dealt with it. When I was three years old, I had difficulty even speaking. As it turns out, I was diagnosed with high-functioning autism, which meant I had to be taught a lot of the social skills that most of my peers easily pick up. And that is why I had one-on-one therapy for 40 hours a week from the age of three up until I started kindergarten. I continued therapy after school for a couple hours to work on my speaking. And this went on until fifth grade. I started taking social skills classes once a week for two hours in seventh grade. And this went on until 10th grade. Unexpected changes would really bother me, especially ones which are sudden. More often than not, they were simple changes, like what vehicle I go in with my parents, or what restaurant I go to. Many years ago, during the summer, I went on a trip to Italy with my family. We stopped at Washington DC airport where we connected a flight to Rome, Italy. We got on the airplane and we were delayed for a while. And after a while, all passengers on that flight were told to get off the airplane. So we waited in the boarding area for a couple of hours. After many hours of anxiously waiting, we got back on the airplane. Thinking as if nothing could go wrong, the aircraft left the gate and went onto the runway. Not too long after, the airplane was brought back to the gate and we were all waiting there, hoping to get back on the runway and finally take off. That is when the flight crew announced that the flight got cancelled and that the next flight would take off in the afternoon of the following day. So we decided to book a hotel room to stay. As if things could not get any worse, all of the hotel rooms were booked. It turns out that a lot of houses did not have electricity, which meant no air conditioning on the hot summer days. So many people scrambled to book the hotel rooms. This left us with no choice but to sleep in the airport. All of these unexpected changes bothered me so much, especially when there was one stacked on top of another. To be honest, a lot of passengers were overwhelmed by all of this. I mean, can you imagine going through something like this? I was crying really badly and having a meltdown when exiting the aircraft. It was really hard for me to control my emotions and I was panicking and it was so stressful 
to have no choice but to sleep in the airport. Now, when life throws curveballs like this, I practice positive thinking by focusing on the good things. It is still frustrating when flights get delayed like this, but this is out of my control. What is in my control is how I manage my emotions, which I will discuss further in a later episode. While I do not want to go through situations like this, there are a lot of great things that come with it. I love the airport very much, so I try to make the best use of that time by browsing stores that I like, which for me is the electronics store. By doing this, I am able to find some light in dark times. Another thing that really bothered me in the past is places which are hot and crowded. I had a hard time cooperating in tours and would throw a fit in front of the tour guide along with others around me. This made my family and those around me uncomfortable. During that Italy trip I just mentioned, I went to the Vatican with my family. While my family was enjoying the beauty of the artwork, here I was ruining it. It was really hot and crowded there, and I had a hard time dealing with it. Now, when I go with my family to places that are not of my choosing, I look at the positive aspects and focus on that rather than giving my family a hard time, especially when they're just trying to enjoy it. I practice gratitude and I see that I am lucky to be visiting such a place because there are many people who would love to go there. While being grateful has helped me when traveling to unpreferred destinations, it does not make me like a place per se, but it encourages me to focus on the good aspects of that place I'm visiting. With that being said, I got better at dealing with unpreferred places as time went on. When I was a kid, I had a lot of unexpected behaviors and made a big deal out of things that shouldn't have been such a big deal. Unexpected behaviors make other people feel uncomfortable because unexpected behaviors are not what other people would normally do. One big thing that I made a big deal out of was what car I went in. I would only want to ride in mom's car and get so upset about going in dad's car. It is quite unexpected that I would care so much about what car I go in. This makes people around me feel uncomfortable since they do not understand why it is such a big deal. Another unexpected car preference behavior is making silly rules about when certain people can ride in certain cars. 
A clear example of this would be when I have friends over and I would only want them to go in my mom's vehicle and get so upset about riding in my dad's car with friends. When someone from my therapy sessions I recently mentioned heard about me not wanting to ride in my dad's vehicle with friends, she responded and said something along the lines of, It doesn't matter. However, just saying that did not help me get over the car preference behavioral issues. What I did was work on it gradually. The goal was not to like going in dad's car, but rather dial back to make whichever vehicle I go in just to be a preference and to not be so rigid about it. A few years ago, I was going to a social gathering at a family friend's place with my family. My parents decided to go in the car that I did not prefer, but I stopped and asked myself, is this really that big of a deal? I focused on the destination and was very excited about seeing people at the gathering. I ended up having a great time there because I did not make such a big deal about what vehicle I went in. At the end of the day, the whole purpose of a car is to get me from point A to point B, and the car I go in should not matter. Speaking of cars, there was a phase in which I would always look at cars while I was on the computer. I would watch YouTube videos on cars for sale, car parts, car engines, and windshield wipers. Particularly, I would be super obsessed with the windshield wipers on the car, to the point where I made windshield wipers with paper and taped it to the window on the microwave oven and regular oven, only for it to be taken off by my caregivers. In addition to that, I wanted the windshield wipers turned on even when it was not raining outside. I would be demanding my parents to turn on the windshield wipers after starting the car and before stopping it, thereby stressing them. I was only talking about cars and windshield wipers, and it became a big problem. So much so, that my parents and those around me would say, It's boring to talk about cars all the time. And, can we talk about something else? I recall the one time we had a party at my place and my peers were there. I would show them car videos and they were not interested. This brings me to another obstacle I had to overcome, and that is reading social cues. Conversations I have with others are not just about words. It is also about the tone of voice and body language. For example, I can say, that's cool, or that's cool. Do you hear the difference with how I said that? The tone of voice can also change the meaning of words. I can say, I'm 
down. Or, I'm down. Let's say a friend asks me if I want to take a trip to Hawaii. And when I respond saying, I'm down, that means I would love to go. On the other hand, a friend may ask me if I'm okay. And I may respond with, I'm down, meaning that I am sad or upset. One of the crucial social skills I was taught from the social skills classes I just mentioned is called the social fake. I bet you are probably wondering, what in the world is that? Well, the social fake is the ability to listen and talk about something you are not interested in without the other person knowing it. Later on, the person I am talking to can seamlessly change the conversation to something that we both are interested in. A similar lesson I have learned has to do with the way we are expected to act out in public. When we are at home, we can comfortably wear our pajamas, but we have to physically change out of it when venturing out into public places. Similarly, we must behaviorally shift out of our private behavior into more publicly expected behaviors. This is known as putting on your social face. When you go to a public place, put on your social face. Some examples of public places include the grocery store, the mall, school, sporting events, like football games and basketball games, movie theaters, restaurants, and so on. But it is not all black and white. I've mentioned that our home is a private place where we can be comfortable. But can it turn into a public place? Yes, it can. There is a gray area and considerations that can make a home a public place. That includes the people that are around, timing, and the way they are reacting. A couple of situations that can make a home a public place includes family visiting and social gatherings. One time over a decade ago, I went with my family to a Christmas party at a family friend's place. My parents were having a great time, but it was soon ruined by me shouting and screaming. I got really tired and wanted to go home. Looking back, I was behaving like this because I was not included by any of my peers at that time. That made me really upset, and I took my anger and frustrations out in the wrong way. At parties or social gatherings like this that take place in other people's houses, an unexpected behavior I had was opening the fridge, especially without the host's permission. I was told 
that opening the fridge at other people's homes is not good etiquette and it does not make a good impression on those around me. Now, I know what to do and what not to do when I go to other people's homes. Whenever I go to family friends' houses, there are a few rules and guidelines I follow. Number one, I get the cue that the house rule is to leave the shoes outside. Number two, I greet the host with a smile on my face. Number three, I wait for others to begin serving themselves with food before doing so. Number four, I chat with those who I know and get to know a few new acquaintances. Oftentimes, it takes more explanation from others and additional understanding on my part when I exhibit different behaviors from the norm. Once I understand, I strive hard to make changes to become a better version of myself. Whenever we hosted social gatherings or parties at my home, I would wait outside my home and greet guests by their vehicle. I was told that it is so awkward to do that. I did something similar a few years later where I greeted a teacher by the staff parking lot before school in the morning, and I thought I was being nice by doing that. But on her end, she felt uncomfortable and annoyed. One of my teachers brought this to my attention and said that students greeting teachers like that is weird. Hearing this encouraged me to self-reflect on my behaviors, and after doing so, I finally realized that it is weird and no student does that. Well, at least most of them don't. I had a conversation with another teacher at my school about this and I wanted to understand why greeting teachers by their car is weird. And she told me that when teachers get out of the car and walk to the classroom, they are transitioning into their teaching mindset and getting themselves organized and ready for the day. I thought about this logic and after thinking about it some, it made sense why greeting guests by their vehicles is an unexpected behavior. The guests are probably getting their mindset ready to enter the house and are probably telling their kids what to expect and how to behave. So now, I wait inside the house and greet them at the door. I still have flaws associated with my autism, and I am still trying to get better, which is why a support system of true friends is very important to me. I let my friends know that I have autism so they understand and are not caught off guard when unexpected behaviors arise. Not only that, but they can help me by pointing out any unusual behaviors I have so I can correct it.
am very grateful to have many people in my life who accept me regardless of my disability. Actually, I do not think of autism as a disability. I think of it as a different ability. To be honest, there is really no such thing as a normal person in this world. Because everyone is different and unique in their own way and has to deal with their own set of challenges. Just because I have autism does not make me any less capable than my peers. It just means I learn differently and that I have to work harder. I am very proud of how far I have come in life, thanks to all of my dedication and hard work. Especially coming from someone who had a hard time talking to starting this podcast. And what makes me want to do this is so that I can put positivity out into the world and inspire others to go after their dreams. If there are any topics that you would like for me to discuss in future episodes, feel free to let me know by emailing me at brightcolorsofinspiration at gmail.com or by direct messaging me at Bright Colors of Inspiration on Instagram. I'll be back in 2022 for Season 1 with exciting new episodes. If my content inspires you, feel free to pass it along to your family and friends. Thank you for listening, and Happy Holidays!